God's love. The best known but least understood of God's attributes. God is love. Love is the very essence of God. So much so, God acted. For God so loved. It wasn't that God felt guilty. It isn't that he felt pity. It isn't because it was the right thing to do. It is because he loves. God's essence, love, is action. Love is not only something you feel, it is something you do. The Bible, it teaches us. Where did we lose sight of what it means to love? One John four verse eight: Whoever does not love does not know God. John fifteen verse seventeen: This is my command: Love each other. Mark twelve verse thirty-one: Love your neighbour as yourself. One Corinthians thirteen verse seven: It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Hold up, our teaching: What it looks like to love. Is exactly what God has demonstrated to His people throughout history and continues to every day. God is love. Now, two years ago, we started on looking in our Christmas series. So that's our series in December and on Christmas Day at some of the, some of the classical important words that we, we associate with Christmas. And each of the years we've looked at those words in depth and explored what they have to do with Christmas and especially what they have to do with God. We started two years ago with joy and looking at the joy in Christmas, the joy in Christ, the joy at the birth of Jesus Christ, the joy that we find in our heart when we have faith in our God. Last year we looked at hope, what it means to have hope that is, that is supernatural, that is beyond our understanding, beyond our souls, a hope that is founded and centred in the birth of Christ in Jesus. And this year, can anybody figure out what our theme word for this year is? Come on, I can't hear you. Love. Our theme word for this year, I don't know how you've managed to pick that one up, our theme word for this year is love. <laughs> That's right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick off with what is basically a really simple concept but a very deep concept. And that is God is love. Simple but deep. So I want to just go back into 
1 John 4, verses 7 to 8, just to hear that little message and that little statement, and let's unpack that for ourselves. So, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Love comes from God. I love that. Here is this statement saying that it's not necessarily something that we do, but it's an essence that comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And there is that statement, something so important, so simple, but complex to understand in its entirety. See, what I want to say to you is this, that love has no real starting point when it comes to God. Now, that may sound like a strange kind of thing because God is eternal. So God's love is eternal. It operates beyond space and time. It's not defined by ourselves. It's defined by the very nature of who God is. So when we put this together, that the love of God has no starting point, it is eternal, it is the very essence and nature of God, then we can only come to one reasonable conclusion about all of this. God has always loved you. Even before you were born, even before you knew God, God has loved you. Let me put this into perspective for us so we can kind of start to grapple and grasp this. Now, some people may know that I'm married to Annette. But see, the thing is, it wasn't until in our high school years that I started to know Annette. And when we started to get to know each other, the sense of love grew. It wasn't that I loved Annette before I met her. And the love has continued and grown and been a part of our lives together. Am I right? Oh, good, good, good. I was just checking. I wasn't getting the nodding here. So I wasn't getting that affirmation. But, but yes, it is. It's a continuing part of our lives. But it has a finite starting point, doesn't it? It might have been love at first sight. Or it might have been something growing and developing. But love, human love, has this starting point, doesn't it? Whereas God's love is eternal, it exists before us and will exist after we have passed. It is here right now. For the same way, you know, uh, you know with, with my kids, Joshua and Caitlin and Christopher, there's a sense that we love them each individually. Now, I know, like all kids... They tend to come up to you and go ask you, who's your favourite? Has anybody, anybody ever, you know, like, I'm going to ask adults here, has anybody ever gone, you know, who, who's the favourite? Um, and you know, the funny thing is, and it's interesting, because if you read commentators around this kind of things and you, you, you start to talk to people, often parents will have a favourite. 
But often what happens is that they tell each individual child that they are their favourite. They do it quietly. You know, we, we love our kids all to ourselves, but when a child comes up to us individually, we, we go, yes, you're my favourite. But also, when another one comes up, yes, you're my favourite. And when the other one comes up, yes, you're my favourite. They're all our favourites. The love of God is there with us all the time. And see, this is actually really important because when we start to think about God, we often think in this global, big, nebulous kind of thing, don't we? God loves the world. That's meant everybody, 7 billion people at the moment. Actually, over that now, isn't it? But what does it mean? Does that mean that God just loves like everybody? We could be like, you know, the family. And just we just love the family. But there's no individuality in it. There's no personal things. God loves you individually. Each and every one of you are God's favourite. He loves you. The essence of God is love. The nature of God is love. God has loved you before all time and space, before you were even born. And that God love from God will continue through all of the days of your life and into eternity. Because God is love and God is eternal and therefore his love goes on and on forever. It is God's love always for you, for me, for everybody. Make it personal for yourself. Don't think that you're one of the crowd. You are those individuals. And God loves you individually. Think about how amazing that is, that God loves each and every one of you. Whether you're here today in the building, whether you're watching this on YouTube or whether you're listening to it on the podcast, but God actually loves every one of you individually. It's not a past love. Yes, God has loved in the past. It's not just a present love, here and now, but it's a love that's going to continue on. It's individual. It's for you because God is love. Now, I need to stop and pause for a moment because when we start talking about love... The problem that we have is when we start talking about love in our English language, we are restricted by the definition and the meanings that we place upon that love, don't we? How many people have got ideas and definition about love in their mind right now? What it actually looks like, what it feels like, what it is? Nobody? There's there's some people? Well, let, let 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 me put some things for you. What are some of the problems and how we compare it to God's love? The first of all is this. Human love is temporary. Whereas God's love is eternal, it's forever. Now, one of the greatest examples when we talk about things about love is marriage, isn't it? We we talk about marriage as being a, a point of where love is, but we know within our own human frailty, our own human condition, the world that we live in, that marriage often, unfortunately now, breaks up. Love breaks down, 
And we start to think that love is really, I'm going to love somebody until someone else comes along or something else better comes along. See, within our Western culture, Western world that we live in, love seems to be only a temporary thing. But we need to compare this. So this is what I'm saying. When we use the word love, we need to actually move it into God's sphere, not into ours. Move it out of the human understanding of love, which is temporary here and now. It has a start and a point, a finish. And if somebody hurts me along the way, then it's gone. Love is eternal. It is always there with God. It is not a temporary thing. So when we talk of love, when God is love, it is always there. It is always carrying on. It is eternal. The second problem that we have when we start talking about love uh, from our human perspective is this is that love is often based upon emotions and pleasure for us humans, doesn't it? You know, and, and, and that's, not, that's not a bad thing. Let, let, let me not say that this is a bad thing. But love is based on our, our emotions, on, our, on pleasure, whereas God's love is actually founded in the nature of who God is. Now, I've spoken about Annette, I've spoken about our, my kids... What are some of the other things that we love in life? Now, one of the things I have to buy just about every week when I go shopping, and Annette's smiling at this, is chocolate. Because at least a couple of people in our house love chocolate. And, you know, that's, that's, it, it's, it's a pleasure. You know, you eat it and there's a sense of joy and pleasure. Other people in the house love lollies. I can see somebody going, yeah, I love some lollies. But see, that's, it, it, it's not necessarily an emotional thing. It's a pleasure thing. You, you, you feel good. You feel happy about these things. And, and you know, how many, we, we love holidays. We love eating. We love friends. We love playing sport. We love, you know, we love music. We love singing. You know, all of these kind of things. We love our partner. We love our husband. We love our wife. We love our kids. You know, there's emotion and there's pleasure associated with each of those things. And we use the term love to dictate, to, to not dictate, to elaborate the depth of emotion or depth of pleasure that we have in something. You know, if, we, you know, if in, the, in our house you said, oh, I kind of just like chocolate, that wouldn't go down well, wouldn't it? It's, I love chocolate and you've got to make sure you buy it each week because we need at least two, blocks of, two pieces of chocolate each night. There you go, with a cup of tea. It's almost like ritual in our house. But there it is. We, we have this, and, and emotions and pleasure are associated with that. But when it comes to God, God wants for you to have life that is everlasting, to live life here and now in the fullest. It's not to say... God wants you to have an emotionless, pleasureless life. That is not the case. He wants you to have everything. But he wants you to have even more than the temporary pleasures. He wants you to have the beyond the heavenly, the eternal pleasure of being known in Christ, of being in a right relationship and being in relationship with our God. 
So you can see the difference. You know, human love is based upon emotion and pleasure, whereas God's love is actually founded in the very nature of who God is. The third thing that our human Western understanding of the word love tends to bring into the, the, the situation is that human love is seen as transactional, whereas God loves precedes us. So what do I mean by this? See, transactional love is this. If you do something for me, then I will love you back. It's a transaction. You look after me, you care for me, you buy me flowers, I'll love you back. It's a transaction that we do. It's a give and take, give and take. That's that's our human love. Where God's love is not a transaction, God's love is not what we do, but God's love has existed, it precedes us, it is given to us, and all we have to do is actually accept it. Not we have to do something, we just need to receive it. It's a gift. So why do I want to just tease this out? Because when we talk about love and we look in the Bible at what it says, you know, love is used in many different many different times and ways, but they use three different words for love to express the different kinds of love in the Greek language. Philia being, you know, brotherly love. Love of the, you know, your brother, kind of like mateship. You look after one another. Eros being that romantic sexual kind of love. And agape, which is some would say is the highest expression of love, and it is, because it is a pure, selfless, unconditional love. Love that is given with no transaction to ask for something in return. It is just given. And we see this so clearly in in one of the verses that has been used around the world so many times that talks about God's great love, John 3.16 says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Agape love. Love that is given. Love that is pure. Love that is selfless. Love that is unconditional. And we find it in Jesus Christ. We see it also when, out of John's Gospel, but in the... in the letters that John writes in 1 John 4, and let's just have a look in verses 9 and 10 and see what it says for us. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Notice what is happening there. God is sending Jesus, his only son, into the world because of the love that God has for us. And that we might have eternal life through Jesus Christ. This is real love. Not that we love God, so not the transactional love, but that God loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins, to take away the thing that has separated us from God. This is how much God has loved us. This is agape love. This is the unconditional love. This is the very nature of who God is. And is found in Jesus Christ. God's love is 
given to you. It's love that's always been there. It's not, a, it's not something that we have to earn. It is just a choice that we need to accept. It. And we can accept it. We can accept God. Because he loves us. So let us freely, unhindered, accept the great love that God has given us. You know, the thing is, and this is a situation in our world, God, very essence, very nature is love. God is love. God has given us love. He's also given us the choice to reject that love. But he's also given us the choice to accept it. Accept the greatest love that there ever was. See, it's not something that you have to work for to get God's love. His love is not far away. It's not something you have to wait for every year to come around. You don't have to wait a long time. It's with you right now. It's already been given to you. So the question you need to, I, I need to ask you is, will you accept today Jesus Christ as God's great expression of love for the world for you? So let us pray. Let us ask God into our lives. Let us accept the greatest love that God has ever given the world, which is Jesus Christ, the one and only Son. A gracious, loving God, make your, your love real in our lives today. May it go beyond all that we can comprehend and understand. But make it something that is personal for us. But God, your love encompasses all. It reaches into the very dark crevices of our lives. Your love fills our needs and our longings. It gives power to us. Power through the forgiveness of our sins to let go of the past. Oh Lord, help us to release what is holding us back and give our lives to you so that we may find purpose. We may find peace. We may find power in your name. May we also know with understanding and knowledge how wide your love is, that it stretches to the greatest expanse and extends beyond all measure. Help us to know with certainty and understanding how long your love is, that it encompasses the lengths of all of our days, before and beyond and into the future. Let us understand how high your love is, that it reaches all the way to the heavens, and how deep your love is, that it extends into the depths of the pits. Because your love, O oh Lord, never fails. It always is and always will be. O oh Lord, help us today to accept your love.
Amén.